0: On a world spinning its way to damnation amidst the fear and despair of a broken human race, who's left to fight for what's good and pure? Handkerchief dynasty. I am, as always, your secret professor, joined by my good friend, the High Priest of Orlers Magic. How are you doing, High Priest?
1: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I I went uh, pants shopping tonight Mm -hmm. and uh, wound up not buying pants.
0: I cherish those moments.
1: It's a good time. Those. That was an hour and 45 minutes well spent.
0: Yeah. Well, it's nice just to get out of the house and into a changing room sometimes. (laughs) So we haven't recorded in a little while, so there's quite a bit to talk about. Is there anything brimming at the top of your mind? I mean, there's certainly a few things at the top of my mind.
1: No, nothing. I mean, I'm just so amazed at how great the team is. So, I mean what can you say right it's been so awesome
0: seven mm. one start was. yeah seven yeah. one right now we lost to philly and then won the last two um yeah. even though you know we're not playing our necessarily our quote-unquote best games in all these games but we're still winning
1: which is i think a great sign yeah. well dude the power play scores 50 percent of the time that's that's not rages my friend like it's pretty it's pretty wacky like it's it's um no power play like that power play is in like uncharted waters like if you watch other games they'll talk about um that team's power play they'll be like they'll say this like sincerely and in at any other time it would be completely you know normal but they're like yeah this power play is like clicking along they're running a 29 percent this power play on the road right now so they are uh, potting lots of goals and i'm like dude like 29% like you're you mean you're not scoring on like almost every single power play <laughs> like we're being so spoiled and there's like nothing just like i said there's nothing teams can do to slow the oilers down like we're just outscoring our bad games like our top players are so good that they can we can get like 13 shots a night and beat you like scoring you five times. Like it's insane. The mm. numbers this team is putting up right now is like it's like almost like problematic for the league, I think. Mm. Like it's like they they don't know how like the Oilers power play is a problem to the NHL, I think. Mm. Like, mm. like it's too good. It's making the games kind of like um like sideshows, I think. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, it kind of has that feeling a little bit, like, oh, here we go again. It's a foregone conclusion. They're so
1: amazing,
0: but like yeah. some people are unhappy. We're not scoring enough five on five on five, and it's like, okay, well, we can score. We can do better on at five on five. But like,
1: didn't yeah. Kyle Turris just score last night? I thought it was. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Off, off yeah, the short so, feed. Yeah. So like, let's not be concerned. Like, no, forget yeah. it. And yeah, and Yamo scored. Totally. And like, Fogel scored. Like on like what? Expiring Who's about second no, don't even. Yeah, we no, will not even go n- there. There's nothing to be concerned about in terms of scoring. We had like eleven shots through two periods last night, and we're winning four-two. Like, like we're too good. Like Connor Con- McDavid and Leon Joy Seidel are. Um, there's n- nothing like this has ever happened before. I don't think. So, I don't know. Like, there's no sense even like it's like a golden age you know what i mean it's like a utopia we're living in a hockey utopia Mm. there's nothing it's like if you're in a utopia in a a utopian society and you're like you're like yeah but uh you know like it could be better they'll be like they'll get rid of you they'll be like you know what you you don't understand what's going on here like this is a utopia like we're all supposed to be blissed out you know we figured it out we're just Mm. can it's all about our own happiness right now that's the only thing we're going for it has like an
0: air of impossibility to it the same way utopias do because utopia i think technically means something that can never be achieved but like this power play is like utopia achieved
1: (sighs) yeah i mean it's like (sighs) yeah and like the rest of the team's playing good too like we're not I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess I, there are people saying we're not playing our best game. Like, I don't know. Nobody ever plays their best game. We're like winning games and not making a lot of mistakes. And at the end of the night, I'm not really like, ah, uh, got to watch that stuff though. Like I'm just hmm. not. And when I'm watching the game, I'm not really either. Like when you're watching the game the whole time, you're thinking I always have this in control. Like they're just, they're going to score. It's just a matter of time. The only question is who's going to get it. Mm. it's amazing it's It's like a good feeling yeah well it's like not normal you know what i'm saying it's supernatural these are Mm. like this is not normal stuff that's happening like if you watch the rest of the games rest of the teams their games are like business as usual like just regular old hockey games you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. like it's not like a foregone conclusion where like every time there's a power play like they're going to score on this power play like it is with the Oilers, right Like, their power plays are, like, sometimes they're, like, they're, like, well, they they didn't quite get it together there. Didn't really get it set up. Like, the Oilers, every single power play, if they haven't scored, they've, like, almost scored. Like, it's incredible. Like, the power play, I can't recall seeing very many power plays where the Oilers just didn't get set up. Mm. Like, I've seen ones when they didn't score. But this power play could be, like, at 70 or 75% even. And Mm. it's crazy. Like, that's a reachable... Number the power play is only going to get better, right? The more Mm. these guys play with each other, totally. And I think there's only so many ways that a four-man unit can shut down five guys when two of them are Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle. There's Mm. only so much you can do. You don't have as many guys. You know what I mean? Like it's just the numbers aren't there. It's just not Mm. gonna. You can't maneuver your way out of this situation. So it's incredible. I mean, it feels like a golden age of Oilers hockey right now. I think I think what I thought was going to happen with this team is happening. Like mm.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. Kind of... Like there's still yeah, some questions on the fourth line a little bit for me. We'll see how yeah, they places. the, the rest of the year. Line. Yeah, like, totally. I totally, guess totally. so. Well, yeah.
1: All you want is in a fourth line is for them like they just scored in the last game and all you want out of a fourth line is basically to keep the puck in their, in their end. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And yeah, I suppose, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just, I think there's more value in looking at this, like, and I think for management too, not just speaking as a fan, but I think if I'm management, I'm like, I'm not touching a seven and one hockey team. Like I'm not touching it with a 10 foot pole. Mm. Cause there's more damage. Like what do you, the more you shuffle stuff up, the more you mess with the team, like it messes with the, uh, the dynamics of that team and whatever you have, that's working. It's very fragile. I think so. And even if it's like a fourth line guy, like even something like that on a team, that's this good when you start messing with stuff. I don't know like it's like an honor to be playing on this team is what management should feel like right now. Mm. And the guys that are there are contributing to that culture. So, and I'm sure anyone else that was even on the fourth line got got brought in, they'd be like, Oh my God, like I can't believe I'm here. This is like a hall of fame team. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I got no complaints, man. Maybe they could tighten it up, but, Like um, King Clancy used to say, I think it was him, hockey's a slippery game. It's played on ice. So, you know what I mean? You kind of have to take everything that goes on as something that's going to go on in a game of hockey. Mm. We can't be the perfect game, we're not going to find. But the way the team is playing right now is pretty offensively perfect, I think. And a lot of fun to watch. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? It's like watching yeah. the Harlem Globetrotters. It's insane. Yeah. The yeah. games are insane. It's like, like other, I still haven't seen a game this year where I felt that the other team has um, even like come close to outplaying us or like dominating us, even for a stretch of time. I just haven't seen it. I've seen us come out a bit slower out of the gate a couple times but it didn't really cost us either time and we wised up pretty fast like it took like kind of one cycle of the lines for that problem to fix itself like i think mm. the guys are really holding each other accountable this year like they're i don't know that team is very very dangerous they're the i don't see how i mean they're the cup favorites right now they got to be if you've watched any amount of these games like that power play is too good how do you win championships special teams the power play is just too good and special yeah. team and the penalty, penalty kill, kill. Is yeah. too yeah like
0: you got to give the coaching staff credit for that cuz the personnel's turned over every year on the PK but it's uh it's been pretty good it's pretty good right now yeah um i wonder if like do you think that this team has like the core has gelled on another level this year. Oh, absolutely. Doesn't it feel that I, way? Yeah.
1: But, but I think it's done that every single year, like Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl settle and Darnell nurse in terms of, and the Nuge as well in terms of just uh, their cohesion as a group and their, their skills individually, like guys like that are so talented. And, um, that every season they're like twice as good. You know what I mean? Like once you get a full season under your belt and then you're able to come back, like, and then the off season, guys like that are able to like process very well what they just went through, right? And like learn so much from it. Whereas like a person like you or I, at the end of a year, I mean, we say we've learned something, but then essentially we like go and do the exact same things. Almost like clockwork immediately. Like as soon as we just begin the cycle anew but highly skilled guys like that are able to um, learn from their competition and just learn from what stopped them and, and take steps like tangible ways like Connor McDavid and his one timer, you know what I mean? Like things like that, where he's like, I'm just going to spend an off season working on this one timer and see what happens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and he's so good. Players like that are so good that that, that practice has very uh, tangible results. So, and it's, Doubled every year, I think. Like, they're twice as good each year, Mm. uh, alone and as a group. So, yeah, I mean, I think – yeah, like you're saying, there seems to just be – the core seems much stronger. Connor McDavid seems like a more of a – I don't know. Maybe you've noticed this, too. Not necessarily a demonstrative captain, but, like, he seems like a different sort of – I'm seeing different leadership – Mm. Uh, qualities out of him this year that I hadn't seen in prior years. Mm. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, no, I think so too. I think he's like kind of gotten only more self-assured and more kind of immune to the bullshit as well, because he's he puts yep. up with a lot of bullshit.
1: Oh my gosh, um,
0: both on and off the ice. But I, I feel like he's just not not quite zen is how I describe it. But he's like he seems very focused, determined, completely unfazed, like. Like, there was phase levels earlier on in his career. You know, he's a young player. It's normal. Yeah. But, yeah, it just seems like he is, like, just laser focused on yeah. what he can control. Yeah. And is, is going out there to accomplish it. Yeah. Um, and Drysaddle's looking fucking amazing, too. He had an amazing game last game against Seattle. Oh, my gosh. No, well, he's, I'll-
1: like, yeah, he's incredible. He's the second best player on the planet, I think. Yeah. Behind Connor McDavid. Like we have the two best. It's uh it's crazy. This will I'm always telling everybody this will never happen again. Like this is like like enjoy every single second of this because it is never going to happen again. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just not. You're just not going to have you might have the two best players at the time. Maybe there's an outside chance you'll see that again. But those two players won't be as good as Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Like this is a once in a lifetime sort of experience,
0: and and we're so spoiled. And like, I, it drives me crazy when people are just like, "Well, how how did so and so do without Connor and Leon?" It's like it's a team game. Connor and Leon are like the leaders of the team. Like, I'm not sure. I mean, I know there's like there's there's value in that kind of analysis, but like at the same time when they're your top two players and they're getting 20 plus minutes a night and all the prime, the, the, you know, the coaches are trying to get them in there for all the prime yeah. chances, you know, plus they're fucking amazing. And and we've gotten contributions from throughout the lineup. Like new, just had a fantastic start. Uh, oh. Zach Cassian looks like he's back. Fogel Hyman look, look good.
1: Yamo scored last night. Nice goal too. Great goal. Yeah. The thing about, <sighs> yeah, they're just so good. Like you can watch a guy like, the way dry saddle protects the puck that alone is worth like the price of admission. Like how strong that guy is on the puck. It's crazy. Like um, other guys can be coming at him like a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like giving it all they've got. And like, you can see the effort they're putting forward to get the puck. Right. It's like, Mm. it's like a manic effort. Like they're, they're just like flipping out trying to get the puck away and dry saddle is barely doing anything. He's just like this – like his positioning is so good and the way he's protecting the puck, like it's incredible. To, I've mm. never seen – I've never seen a guy protect the puck like that. Like mm. he's so good at It's like an art. Mm.
0: You know who else and, is doing a good job of that is, is uh, Jesse.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. Both protecting the puck and like getting after the puck. Like he's a mm. lot to handle on the forecheck. I'm kind of used to seeing, at least from the Oilers – Whenever we've had like a strong four checker, it always feels like it's been like a smaller, smaller dude. And the four check is kind of notable for its, uh, its tenacity. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, look at that. Like little guy getting in there, like Rafi Torres, Yamamoto, the same deal, but it feels like it's been a long time since we've had just like a wrecking ball to deploy back there when need be, which is exactly what you want to be playing with Connor McDavid. Right. Like, Absolutely, just like a beast. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's improved too. Hasn't scored in a few games, but he's almost scored. Like it's just a matter of time, right? Like, mm. yeah, he got a hat trick game.
0: against uh, against Vancouver.
1: Yeah, and the rest of his games been so good, and he's like, wow, how old is he twenty one years old? Oh, are we like talking? Who we talking about? Uh, Pugliarvi. Oh, Pugliarvi.
0: I think he's a little older. I think he's like twenty two or so. Yeah. yeah. So um
1: just a kid
0: yeah and then on like on the uh, other like areas of the team like defense has looked like fine you know we still have a couple of new defensemen on in the second pair who are, you know getting up to speed but they seem fucking fine oh absolutely you know
1: absolutely
0: and uh bouchard didn't have the greatest game in the top oh. pairing but he, like the fact that he's even getting chant looks in the top pairing right now is a good sign
1: no kidding it's yeah. like it's incredible Right. And he's played. I mean, like I said, like if you watch other games, like I think, um, oiler fans can become very myopic, right? Like they think, mm. um, that like other teams aren't experiencing defensive breakdowns in their own end ever. But let me tell you, defensive breakdowns are like rampant, like every team. That's how goals happen. Right. Mm. So I don't know. Like you, i our defense has been great like have we given up three goals yet in a game maybe once twice. i feel like it's happened yeah <clears throat> no but it's not so often
0: yeah um and then miko kind of pulling a miko and making us fall in love with him yet again this whirly this this twirling world of goalie fandom continues to spin um yep. I still think that a significant portion of the fan base is just waiting till the end of the year, and uh, they're just like wouldn't even resign him for half the money that he's making right now. But I think if he continues to play this well through the year, again, it's early, yeah. only like ten percent into the into the season. I think he could be a serviceable serviceable backup for us next year too.
1: Yeah, goaltending is the one area on the team where I'm I'm a little bit nervous, right? Because I think Mike Smith's injury is like not necessarily more serious than originally was communicated, but it might be like more of a nagging issue. I can see it as something that um, he bounces back from, but then comes up kind of just as out of the blue as it, as it did. Like, it didn't really look like, like when he went down, it wasn't like this big thing. Like it was a pretty minor bump. And we thought he could come back and then he couldn't come back we're still waiting like i'm not convinced when's when's the next game tomorrow right wednesday um right. yeah it's the kevin lowe game right yeah right against the rangers so like i'm not convinced he's even going to play that game and with cost no, we're playing, playing predators tomorrow and then rangers are on friday oh, okay so and with and like um here's the thing like if he blows it again and has like one of those absolutely terrible games mm. like I think that that just might be like the kind of goalie Miko is you know what I mean he'll give you some good games and then he'll just like lay an egg because mm. that seems to be the pattern right over the past like two or three years that's kind of yeah. like the pattern that's been established that's what's causing this like um, this uh, Ferris wheel of emotions right mm-hmm. so I don't know if um, that's something. I don't think you can really have that in the playoffs and like rely on that. You know, just having that one bad game, like waiting in the bushes. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's I'm a back sure. I,
0: That's why I say backup.
1: Yeah, but like, uh, but like, uh, what about this season? Like, what do you think is going to happen here?
0: Gosh, I, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm honestly figuring that just for insurance and whatnot that kenny will uh, will add a goaltender at some point because you know yeah. we're one we're one goal we're one injury away from potentially some issues right although miko's been fine in this in this run here
1: but yeah uh, his, especially his, and also with
0: the like the long-term considerations maybe like a little bit of a younger goaltender who could potentially be one of our top two well,
1: guys Stuart, Stuart skinner's a young guy mm-hmm. like how much younger do you want to get well i hope like, he gets a chance yeah Well, he's in the AHL. Like, the only reason he doesn't have a chance right now is because Miko's, like, hanging around. Like, Stuart Skinner is, you know, if Miko lays another egg like that Philly game and he's the the reason we lose, then I think, like, Stuart Skinner gets a shot. Like, he is the backup right now, right? Mm. And that's when you start a backup Mm. is when... Although, do you? Like, I don't know. I can't really remember, to be honest, a starting goalie, like we have this team, the Oilers team, and then we have this goalie and what goes on back there to me? Like I cannot, I had to eventually just sort of, that's what I'm saying is just accept that like the pattern is like three good games. And then a game where you're just like, it almost completely cancels out those three good games. Mm -hmm. Like it takes him, it's a game so horrendous. It literally takes him three games to bounce back from it. Before I'm able to like kind of chill out for a night, and then he does it again. So I guess the question is like, do you think Miko Koskinen is a? If it, if it comes down to it, is he a guy you want as your starting goalie in the first round of the playoffs? Is that who you ride into the playoffs, Miko Koskinen? Mm, yeah, when you put it like that, I don't, I don't, and I don't, and I don't know. Like, what I'm saying is, so he wins, let's say he wins three out of, I mean, if you win three out of every four games, then you win. But I I just don't know, like, what, like, how can you accept, I've just seen so many, like, bad games from that guy, you know what Mm. I mean?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it is contingent on him continuing this strong run of play. Yeah. Which we know he's capable of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean... We all saw that Philadelphia game, right? Yeah. And we've all seen him have that game a bunch of times. It's true. And then he bounces back from it. And then you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like I said, I've never really seen a goaltender like Miko Koskinen before. Like I've never seen a guy who can have games where he makes in the same game, like a miraculous saves and then lets him like the three shittiest goals you've ever seen in your life you know what i mean <laughs> like that's really strange it is a little weird isn't it yeah yeah so i don't know like like i said as it's the one area that i'm kind of i'm kind of concerned about but not completely concerned because i still think that the oilers are going to be able to outscore all of their problems this year mm. they're that yeah. they're that they're that good I agree. And, and they'll find ways if they don't get you five on five eventually, then once, I mean, you can't touch them. Like they'll draw penalties and you'll be screwed. You know what I mean? Like the power, it's just the power play. If that power play is too good. I think that power play is going to win us a championship. It's that good. that I, I don't see how anyone can stop that thing. Yeah. I think uh, at, at this point you'd be crazy to not think that, I think. And I was thinking tonight that if you're the coach, if you're playing the Oilers, right? So the first thing you're going to talk about, if if I'm the coach, or maybe like it's the elephant in the room that the coach is like not talking about, but is clearly the most important thing is how to stop that power play, right? So I think that coaches are going to dwell. So like the power play is just going to completely overshadow every single other element of the game. You know what I mean? They're going to be concentrating so much on how to deal with that power play and come up with some way to slow it down or stop it that they're going to forget about how deadly the team is away from the power play. You know what I mean? Like our top dealing with them on a separate yeah. line situation, for example, yeah. like would Connor and dry are split up, Mm-hmm I, I just like it would be such it would be it's going to be so difficult to handle, um, to handle that. And in the playoffs, I think it's only going to become more like apparent. Like, I don't know, man. Like, can you imagine that power play in the playoffs in Edmonton? Oh my like, gosh! With, you yeah, know,
0: like if 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 you were able to quote unquote shut it down, which again I don't think is really that possible, you would, no, you would obviously not. have no space left in your brain for anything else. You mm-hmm. know.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: Um all right, well, we should probably also get to the big elephant in the room though. There's been a major story across the NHL for the last like week and a bit. Pretty harrowing, pretty disgusting. Yeah. Pretty horrified by the behavior of the Chicago Blackhawks coaches and managers. As well as to be honest, the NHL as well. I think oh. Gary Bettman's doing a shit job of handling really it. Really bad. Really and, bad. And uh, it's interesting though because like it makes really me bad. think. It makes me think about society in general and how you know this shit is. And people say this to kind of try and absolve hockey of it. Like it's obviously a, a, a society-wide problem. Yeah. But it's interesting how it can be. Something like this can be exposed in the sport you love. And it's difficult and it's painful and it makes you less of a fan in many ways. Yeah. But at the same time, like, and, and this happens in regular life as well. A few months go by and you, everyone just kind of get, goes back to the routine. You know, I feel like deep down people are really, they, they feel as though they can't even really begin to pull at that thread fully. But if, if, it, if we did pull at that thread of, of sexual abuse and violence, it would transform society. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why we don't do it. Like, why do people have to be in these positions of power over other people where they can do these kinds of things? You know, like, and it's interesting to me how there's like, the, there's also guilt by association as well. Um, like obviously there's an oiler that was part of that team at the time that a lot of yeah. people have been slagging and you know, it doesn't exactly make him uh, more good in my eyes, this story. Um, yeah. But I, I really hold the players on that team to a definitely a little bit of a different standard. Like people talk about oh, the leadership core of a team. And it's like, fine, yeah, like I can be a leadership, part of the leadership core at like the grocery store I work at. I make like $2 more than other people, but yeah. I don't own the fucking grocery store. I don't make the schedule. I don't sign the checks. It's a right. different level of, there should be a different level of accountability for ownership and I for agree. the league, I think, in general.
1: I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh yeah i don't know it's it bugs me that like i have a hard time believing that nobody knew for that long you know what i mean like for years and years nobody said anything about it and that's kind of shitty to me
0: well they were they were also saying up until like a month ago that it was false you know that like they're taking him to court Chicago yeah. like a few, just a few weeks ago was like this is all bullshit or whatever it's like and now they're turning around and they're like oh we admire his courage for coming out it's like dudes like can't say that about someone while you're taking them to court to try and prove just like the 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 legalistic approach to it all is is really like yes mind numbing you know just so like everyone does pulls the same cards out like okay well i'll say
1: nice stuff i'll yes. say i don't
0: remember it's like the same song and dance we've seen a thousand times
1: before yeah the whole thing is like a really it's really awful. And I think it's, I really feel bad for that. The other kid, right? Like that 16 year old kid who Holy. the Hawks gave a recommendation to or whatever. And yeah, up, like went through the exact same thing. And
0: he's, and he only got nine months, the, the perpetrator. It's like, what, how does
1: that judge sleep at night? I want to know. Well, how does like anyone in the organization, like, that's the thing, like, that's so disgusting is like nobody even came forward at that time you know mm. what i mean mm. like i don't know how i have somebody like joel quenville hears about that happening and is still just like <laughs> you know kind of like sitting on his hands like uh not being proactive and getting like solving this thing or doing mm. whatever they can to fix it Well, it's what we've seen from other
0: institutions as well, though, right? Like, there's a first reaction from people in authority. They just want to, they don't want the bad press. They don't want the distraction. They just want to cover it up. I mean, hello, Catholic Church. Like, let's, like, (laughs) it's not exactly a new thing. Um, Definitely have lost respect for for Joe Quenville, but it's also like you have to imagine culturally what the NHL was like back then. And 10 years ago is not that long ago, but it's definitely affected my perception of, of that time in the league.
1: And it yeah. caused
0: me to question a little bit what what else was kind of lurking under the surface. I I kind of think there's potentially a ton of shit that could be scandalous oh. in the NHL, you know, like yeah. tons. Of course.
1: Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. And I wish the NHL was. I agree with you. I think Gary Bettman's really kind of there is an opportunity here to I mean, the reason Kyle Beach did this, right, and came forward with it was to affect change, right? Mm. For the NHL to, um, you know, not just educate um, their players and clubs about it and everything. Your mic keeps on scratching when you move like that, just FYI. I think it's a piece of paper behind me. Okay. It was an opportunity for the NHL to address, like, society from just to get it out there and do something with it and it feels like the nhl is still just like yeah yeah kind of burying it in legal ease and throwing small amounts of money at it and it's just like yeah. they're really blowing it you know what i mean
0: yeah and it's affecting the whole league it's like if i, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I think there's yes. probably only a handful of owners that are, are proactive and thoughtful enough to be mad about it but it's this is not good for the game you know like no. hockey's supposed to be the wholesome of the big four. I mean it never has been really deep down, but that's its image, you know?
1: Not that that well, means much, but like it's I don't also know. like by far the most expensive sport to play, right? So there's yeah. this crazy dynamic of like the most whole like you know, typical, right? The most perceived as the most wholesome thing is also mm. like the most like disgusting.
0: Yeah, it's like every Stephen King novel set in a small town, where it's like deep down, like the people are just that's,
1: like monsters. Yeah, <laughs> that's what hockey is, man. That's yeah. what hockey is. It's like Gary yeah. maine. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's fucked up. It's it's amazing yeah. that Kyle Beach came forward. But you and... know what else? The
0: funny thing also that the NHL fucked up was how the the Alou thing. They like put out this statement, being like, "This is oh, done." So, we, like, we have that someone asked them what the follow up was, and they're like, "Oh, we're done with this." And then his agent was just like, "Yeah, never reached out to us." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think if they don't make a structural change to deal with this kind of shit, where it's you know, it's not the team doing their own investigation, and honestly, it shouldn't be Batman fucking calling people into his office like a school principal to, to like no, hash ridiculous. the shit out. It's, it's fucking just a joke procedurally, yeah, organizationally. Like, grow the fuck up and put proper procedures in place.
1: You know what? I don't think Gary Bettman knows what's up anymore. I'm just gonna say it. I don't think that guy knows what's up. I don't think like he he understands kind of like where society is at. Like, I think maybe mm-hmm. it might be some like I don't know how it works as far as like NHL commissioner and when it's time for like a new one to be instated. But maybe that should like uh, should come up. You know what I mean? Like, is there an election that has to happen, or are we just waiting for Gary Bettman to like? die or step down like is it like in a he's like appointed by God because mm. I don't think that guy's like he's kind of blowing it a couple times here like it, it almost feels like to the NHL and Gary Bettman the best and most impactful way they can address it is to have like a pregame ceremony and then just forget about it entirely you know what I mean like they it's very much about like the pregame ceremonies with these guys <sighs> And then like nothing else, you know what I mean? So, and I'm not sure that's like the answer. Like, I think we might all be a bit too smart for that. Like, we're it's mm. too easy to find out now that they're not doing really anything else mm. beyond that. Yeah, totally. So I don't know. I wouldn't like I certainly wouldn't, and Gary Batman's like, you know, he's done some great things, I suppose, for the game. He grew the game in the sun belt, kind of. Um, kind of yeah he got nhl players into the olympics he went through a whatever it was when like the players stopped playing and then he managed to coax them back a couple times so he's had like a good run well the, no but they think, locked
0: the players out dude <laughs> Right. right <that's> it.
1: <laughs> but he mainly he's been
0: laser focused on like doing whatever the fuck the owners want ultimately. Like he's the voice of the owners. That's why they like him. And that's why they've kept him around. He's he's basically just been there to facilitate
1: their needs. But within the duties of commissioner of the NHL, like sometimes you have to just be more than like the, the whatever it is, the servant to the owners, you know, like sometimes Mm. when something like this happens, you have to kind of do something. You can't mm. just take off your suit jacket and make a, a like a zoom video like on your <laughs> on, on your lunch, oh, week, you know, God. Yeah. like that, that was brutal. Like it was one of, I've seen a lot, you know, as we all have over the past two years, we've seen a lot of like, we've seen a lot of that shit, like the zoom, the sincere zoom message, the sincere message recorded via zoom. And, like, his was an all-timer. Like, there's not a lot of them when, like, immediately I jumped to, like, wow, like, look how hard this guy's reading off his computer screen. Like, it's just Mm. so crystal clear. Like, you can practically see the Word document Mm. on your end. Mm. Like, it's, like, printed on his face almost. (laughs) Like, they could do a split screen with, like, the document, and it wouldn't even, like, it wouldn't detract from, like, the sincerity of what... Gary reading. Yeah. It was just rough. He just doesn't seem like he's not the guy for the job. Well, like it's not he's what he's of... there
0: for. Like it's not what the it's not what I don't how things are
1: set up and it's the same yeah, thing with other elements of society. Yes. It's like he's there to make money
0: for the owners. A business owner is there to make money and also to feel good about themselves yeah. and and be a dick to their employees, right? And potentially right. sexually harass one of them, right?
1: Yeah. Like
0: like you have to look at the structure of things instead of just expecting these structures that aren't fucking designed to handle this properly right to like just change themselves and and do things that they're ultimately not like purpose for you know so
1: what are you what are you proposing kind of like a supreme court of the nhl or something like that i mean they need they
0: need some kind of independent consultant to come in and say okay what are the what are the this is just a start what are the best practices industry worldwide for this kind of stuff yeah implement that shit and then from there you know you should be going on fucking apology tours and like talking in front of putting players in front of people, exactly. You know, advocates, survivors, yes. legislatures—like they should. They should really like make this a thing. Yeah, that's what I'm focused saying. on. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. Like, why they don't do that is beyond that. It's just it's like a pre-game ceremony with two players of color shaking hands, and then like that's it. You know what I mean? Or some yeah. like goofy shit like that, like a ticker around the arena the scoreboard thing in the arena, but like, what do you, I don't know if these are like, you have to sort of um, promote change and to promote that change. The best way to promote change is to act upon it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't see them, I don't see them doing that. And if they're doing it, they're not doing it well to my eyes.
0: Oh no, no way. If anything, I would expect the PA to be a little more, fervent in their approach to this i imagine they're going to be the ones to have to kind of push the nhl uh in a direction but probably the fans could too i mean well maybe but the i NHL... also just think we're all going to get lulled back to sleep in
1: time for the playoffs though dude. i mean well of course we will but i i think that like the nhlpa isn't as like i think that might need an overhaul too like i'm not sure how effective uh,
0: you know yeah, what i'm saying They, they they need to make improvements but i mean the thing was he, well, the told, he told PA... a psychologist as part of the, the assistance program, which is confidential. So it's a little bit different, you know? I don't hold, the, and, I, and like Don Fear got like one email about it years later or whatnot. Like people are trying to like uh, take Don Fear's head for over this. Yeah. I don't really see that happening. I mean, it's the fucking, like the Players Association... Like, hello, like if you're in a union, you already have a better chance of, of having a, of being able to deal with this kind of shit in the workplace. Like statistically, that's just a fact. It's but, a little bit different with multi-millionaire sports union, but.
1: Yeah. But didn't he take it to like the NHLPA and he was like, look, this happened. And they like, didn't really do anything either.
0: I thought he had just talked about it with the psychologist who himself probably should have escalated I, it there. You know, I, I don't know. I don't that's think That's what so. I heard.
1: I think he also took it to the NHLPA and Don fear. Like, I don't think that all the blowback is coming from the psych, like Don fear, finding out about it from the psychologist and not doing anything. Like, I think it was taken to the NHLPA outside. of that. No, it's
0: not what I heard. It's not what I heard, but maybe you heard different. It's possible.
1: So you're saying that that's why people are calling for Don fears head because the psychologist didn't do anything.
0: And apparently there was also one email that someone sent him after the perpetrator had moved out of, out of the NHL and they were, they mentioned something like he's working in youth
1: hockey, like still. Hmm. Um, so the Chicago, I'm not, yeah. The, oh, the organization didn't tell him promptly or something like that. Something like, like when that. When Kyle yeah. Beach says he told he took it to the NHLPA. Like, what is he talking about? Well, he went, he, went to go-
0: he went into the, the player assistance program, right? Which is like a 30-day thing, yeah. confidential. You get a, a psychologist and whatnot in support. Um, and his
1: like, thing was like, listen, the video coach on the Chicago Blackhawks has sexually abused me.
0: Yeah. And, and
1: then the NHLPA, that psychologist didn't do anything.
0: I guess so, yeah.
1: Okay, well, well, that's a fucking problem with the union. Then. For sure. You know what for I'm sure. saying? Yeah, no, that's they need a... to
0: make changes. And they need, people need to be held accountable. And I'm sure... Yes. Honestly, like, also, it's like there's a culture thing. This is the other thing, too. Like, When something like this happens and it, there's a large group of people involved, people take their cues from others and you end up with a kind of mafia yeah. mentality.
1: Absolutely. Is what I there question. Is a, there is a culture thing, for sure. Well, hockey culture is pretty... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty toxic. Like, there's a lot of, if nothing else, there's a lot of pressure in youth hockey from the time a kid puts on a pair of skates and starts playing organized hockey. There's pressure. There's pressure from that culture to do whatever it takes. And it's not all, like, really... Um, it's not all the time, super in your face, like a coach screaming in your face. Like that's not often, it's mm. more subtle than that. Right. It's more subtle, but that pressure is there from day one, even like, even the way they market something like Timbits, right? Like Timbits hockey. Oh my God. Yeah. They, they promote that as like, it's your first step. And then they show like Sidney Crosby you know, on the ice with the Timbits. So, and to me, that's like, that's just like, it's a little twist, right? It's like, they're saying that to get there, you have to go through here. And I think that's pervasive in, in hockey. And it's so much more heightened than it is, I think, in other sports, in other parts of the world, because it's like this national thing, like our identity is so tied to this thing and our idea of what it is to be a man and what it is mm. to be successful and strong. Like there's so many things tied into hockey. So I think the, the culture in hockey is, is uh, like, I hate using that word toxic, but I mean, it, it's definitely, it's lacking in a lot of things. And I mm. think the, the end result in the extreme cases of that is a situation like what happened with Kyle beach or Graham James years ago. Right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's the underbelly. The reason it gets to that point Mm. is because of the way it's all geared. And I think it's, it's like really out of whack and extreme. And it just, uh, it doesn't build for all the good things, hockey builds I think it has the potential to build a lot of real nasty things as well. Mm. And I think mm. that that could be fixed and it should be fixed and hockey should be going out of its way to, to fix that. Mm. I don't yeah. think they're, do- they're doing one, a good One, job
0: one change I'd like to see is a change in policy where these, this shit comes up. They just fucking avoid bringing the goddamn sports into it, Where they're like Joe Quenville resigned Joe Quenville, whose Florida Panthers started seven and zero who's won these championships. It's like, I don't want to fucking hear about the shit that the person accomplished. You know, like, it's weird to me that when you're reading an article about a sexual assault, they'll bring up, Oh, and by the way, like the, the Blackhawks won the cup that year. It's like, I don't give a fuck, man. Like it's not pertinent information. They, But but the journalists and, and other people seem to think it is, it's weird. It's kind of like, it happens with all the sports scandals that just folded into the narrative for some bizarre reason. Yeah. Right. Well, it's not that bizarre. I guess I know why
1: but yeah totally agree i mean it it's more of like i think when they do that i don't know it's to me they're, it's kind of like they're he's so high up right like they're like look how far he's fallen like i like, look at this it's the the length of the fall with joe quenville same with mike ba- mike babcock well i think that's a way to sell a story right mm. i think people are interested in that the non-sports fan or somebody will have no knowledge though he's in. He's not just like some schmuck coach, right? He's like, yeah. he's a notable coach.
0: I disagree though. Cause but I feel I agree, like when you put bizarre. that, when you put that in the story, what you're, what, what you're trying to do ostensibly is give context. But by giving that context, what you're ultimately trying to say is this is still a sports story and still what matters is the sport. What matters is the game. So I'm going to tell you what Joe quinville's coaching record is so far this year. I'm going to tell you how many championship rings he has, how many, yeah, you know, where he stands on the all-time list of winningest. It's like. Ultimately, that's the subtext to me. The subtext of, of putting that shit in there is saying, "Hey, you know what? This matters more than like someone's life or well-being."
1: Yeah, but don't you sort of think they're putting it in there to say that it no longer matters at all? Like, I, to me, that's the subtext. Like, and now it means nothing. You know what I mean? That's how I imagine the rest of that sentence going. They're saying like seven and one. It's like uh, when they list off all the things. then he's like, they're like found mm. dead, found dead in their apartment. Like, it's like all these things. That's different. Well, yeah, it's different. But I think, like, when they're saying all of that stuff about Joe Quenville and then they're like, was removed from his job coaching the Florida Panthers due to his involvement in the Kyle Beach sexual abuse scandal, then to me it's saying, so those things no longer mean anything anymore. Like, he's not going to get into the Hall of Fame. It's uh, Uh. He's done. He's not going to get into the Hall of Fame.
0: I mean, may have, yeah, oh, I don't no, really care at this point. I honestly, I will have to respectfully no, I'm just saying, disagree.
1: Yeah, you think he will? You think he's going to get? No, a no. I just, I think, I think, I think the, I think the message of putting that
0: in the article ultimately subtextually tells you, okay, the, the, the sport is still ultimately what we're
1: most focused on. Yeah, or at I least like that's part of the equation somehow. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it's like it seemed like the only people that were focused on the sport when they heard this were the Chicago Blackhawks, and everyone mm. else was like, "Holy shit!" Call the cops. Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally. So maybe yeah, maybe the uh, media is so embedded in the sport that it's hard for them to separate themselves from. And
0: that's just that's what they do. They write fucking hockey stories, so it comes totally naturally. You know, I'm sure it's like unconscious. um, And and maybe they would disagree that that that's the effect of putting that stuff in there. But it always really pisses me off when I see that shit in there. Yeah, because it's like. i don't know the same shit happens with other crimes though too you know like if someone of a certain background commits a crime they'll be like you know he murdered three people but he was a pillar of the community (laughs) or whatever and it's like dude you can't be a pillar of the community and also kill three people right not a thing um anyways I'm, i'm sure we've thoroughly depressed everyone a little bit now we'll follow this story closely for sure i'm sure there'll be more stuff coming out um See, it's funny now. I want to go back to talking about <laughs> hockey, so I'm breaking my own rule. What's your prediction for the game tomorrow? Against
1: Nashville? Yeah. Well, they just beat Calgary in overtime about 10 minutes ago. So um, they're going to be feeling pretty good about themselves. Calgary sort of kicked, kicked their asses, though. hmm <sighs> So uh, I don't know. We're going to beat the Nashville Predators, man. We're going to score like, didn't Dreisaitl score like four goals on them a couple of years ago? Like last time we mm. played, he like totally destroyed them. Yeah. So I'm sure something like that will happen again. We'll probably win like five to three or something, six to three. Doesn't five it feel
0: two. like, doesn't it feel like going into these matchups, like it's like the Oilers versus someone as opposed to we're, oh we're gosh. coming up against someone. Like we're playing, we're playing our game. They're yeah. worried about us more so. Oh, it was a nice change. Like I,
1: said, I haven't seen any team so far give us like competition, really. Like they may have like taken us to the end of the game or something. They Philly beat us, but I still think we were the better team that game. Like we should have won that game. Miko let in shit goals. We scored enough goals to win that game. Miko didn't make any saves. That's why we lost. Mm, yeah. So and there's been most of the games have been like like, I can't believe what the Oilers are making the other team look like. Mm. Like, the, the ice is literally tilted, it feels like. You know, I know that's a cliche, but you see it so rarely. And you actually feel that way. Like, I can't believe. Like, sustained pressure for shifts at a time. Periods. Like, like chunks of periods where the other team is just, like, beat. And they, they got, like, they... That Vancouver game there was times when it looked like the Canucks had been like, had played like five nights in a row. Mm, like they were mm. just so, and the Oilers were just like running. them. It was crazy. Yeah. So I imagine that's what's going to happen with the Preds. We'll kick the shit out of the Predators, Nashville but, Predators. Yeah. It's like nobody on that team. A bunch mm. of socks. We, <laughs> we have like Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. I was going to like run them. It's mm. going to be crazy. Mm. As yeah, usual. Should
0: be fun should be fun. Um, yeah, I think the extra forward depth has really made just a huge difference for us this year. Yeah, ultimately, huge. R- Ryan Fogel, Hyman. Huge.
1: Well, we have a third line. We have a yeah. third line for the first time in years. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's pretty. And we also guy.
1: have Zach Hyman. It's like unreal. Yeah, you know what I mean? Doesn't he have like six goals, five goals already? Something like that. I think he might have like five points. No, I think he might have, like, five goals, dude. He got two goals that one game, and I'm pretty sure he has three. Oh, goals. yeah, no, he's
0: got six. Yeah, so, six yeah, goals. Yeah, he's eight, eight points in eight games.
1: Yeah, eight points um, in eight games. Yeah. Like, he's on pace for 82 points. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty special. Yeah, well, it's unreal, dude. It's unbelievable. Enjoy this so much because it's never going to happen again. Like, this is – you we, we will go through the rest of our lives we'll die old crinkly men, and this will be the only time we've ever seen anything like this like you only as a fan you either see it once or like you don't see it some yeah. of those fans older than us will have somehow seen it twice, which is like mm. unreal but I don't know it's crazy this team's going to win the cup i don't I don't see how any anything can stop them yes knock on wood um but.
0: yeah i think we just need to enjoy the ride right now ultimately you know yeah enjoy don't too, it don't get too caught up in the minutia. we're, we're watching now our team play great hockey it's a lot of fun we're going into winter let's like you know savor it you got to savor things in life
1: oh my gosh well every yeah exactly you're allowed to enjoy this, Oilers fans buy some pepsi buy some chips when a game's on like you're set you can just like be in paradise hockey heaven for like two, two and a half hours. Yeah. so em- Embrace that. The world throws a lot of shit at us. And it also threw at us Connor McDavid and Leon Settle. Totally. And so you have to um, enjoy that.
0: Wise words enjoy. from the high priest. Um, why don't we call it there? Let's try Sounds and uh, let's, we haven't recorded for a little while. So let's try and get another one in maybe this weekend after the next two games. Okay. To all the listeners That's out there, We love you. Follow us on Twitter. Join us on Patreon for special sexy bonus content. Um, And otherwise just, you know, get ready to enjoy some fun games this week because, I mean, you can't really worry too much about it, right?
1: We're, I mean, no, dude. We've lost one game. One. We've won seven games and lost one. So, I mean, are you telling me that, like, the only, like, if we were 7-0, and then would you be like, no worries like what's it going to take oilers fans Mm, mm. just don't worry or
0: try to worry substantially less than usual i know it's difficult
1: no just don't worry at all try that just try Mm. not worrying at all because you don't (laughs) you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to
0: you don't have to worry no all right
1: you don't have to worry
0: i completely agree Uh, Thanks so much for talking, brother. I'll catch you real soon and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. I'll leave you to your uh, sacred pursuits.
1: Okay. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.